in a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guests every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everyone. This week... I have a smiling at me, one of my dearest friends all the way back from Maui. Her name is Shona Dukes and she's many things, but um, the most important thing, the closest to my heart is she just released her book, Even If, and it has already become a bestseller because it tells us her story through grief and loss. And she's here to tell us how she navigated that and all the other great chapters of her life. So welcome here, Shona. Thank you so much for having me. I love that we've known each other for so long. It's so fun. My <laughs> first memory of you is coming into the restaurant. So just a little bit of background story. I used to own a restaurant in Hawaii. Shona worked for us. She was one of my favorite. Sorry to all the other servers. Oh, <laughs> You were always the bubbliest, the chirpiest, the funniest. And I have this memory of... I was working super late. It must have been like 10 p.m. I'm scrubbing the floors. I'm miserable. And then you walk in there with a friend going like, oh, my God, we just got tattoos. And you were <laughs> so happy. You were showing me these tattoos. You were like, and I just remember looking at you going like, oh, what a breath of fresh, of fresh air. Like you always have this happiness around you. And then strategy, tragedy strikes. Will you tell us about that? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I moved to Maui, just, I would never plan to stay in Maui. I'm, I'm Canadian. I grew up in Canada and actually my, my plan for my life was just to travel and be single my whole entire life. But I, I love that saying, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Cause, <laughs> because as we know it, our lives never, they often don't turn out the way that we kind of envision them. And Anyway, I came to Maui. I was only going to go to massage school for a year and I was going back to Canada and I was going to keep traveling. And I met my handsome stud of a husband in the surf and we're still together a million years later, maybe only 18, but it feels like a million some days. <laughs> but yeah, we, and I never left Maui. So I would have literally been voted least likely in my twenties to ever settle down, have four kids. We had four kids together, homeschool, like all the things I would have been voted least likely for. That was me. And like the first one to do it, the first one to get married, the first one to have kids, you know, anyway, it just, it was kind of just happened that way. So yeah, I think, um, my story through tragedy was, you know, I was a stay at home mom. My husband's a firefighter on Maui and we had three kids really close together. Um, three kids in four years. So we had a four-year-old, oh, sorry, four, yeah, four-year-old, no, three-year-old. How did it work? A three-year-old, a one-year-old and a newborn, which was like really insane. Right. And then my husband's like, all right, let's try for number four. And we kind of, we both came from big, crazy families. So, you know, we kind of just knew we were going to have a big family once that happened. And, and, um, he's like, let's try for number four. And I was like, are you crazy? 
I have three, like I have two trips to the car everywhere I go because there's two in diapers, right? It's like when they can all climb in the car and buckle themselves, then we can talk about number four. And so my baby of the of the four was four years behind um, the last one, Jedi, and his name was Trucker. And and I was, you know, a really happy stay-at-home mom. I had four littles. Um and he was 19 months old and he started just not feeling good. And I have never been a rush to the doctor kind of mom. I just, I'm never, I'm like, it's not my first rodeo unless there's like <laughs> stitches needed or something. We just figure it out at home. And so he was cutting molars and he, you know, he would spike a fever. I would give him Tylenol, it would go away. And, um, it just kept happening. And then it wasn't until he started getting really lethargic. He would follow me around and just like lay on the floor wherever I was and just look at me. And I was like, Ooh, there might be something more going on. And his skin started looking really pale. And one day my mom started touching his belly. This would have been like, you know, maybe like two weeks of him not feeling good off and on. And my mom was like, honey, come feel this. And it was this really hard mass in his belly. And I thought I was touching his ribs, but his ribs were like two inches above. And I was like, oh, that's not good. So from that moment, you know, we went straight to the doctor and basically I, it, my, my life is, will never be the same. I kind of just kept thinking like, it's probably some sort of weird stomach infection. I'm going to get antibiotics and get sent home and we'll be fine. And it wasn't, it was like, how did he get a black eye? He had a little black eye. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, it's so weird because a black eye is a big bonk for a toddler. I mean, he couldn't even talk. He was 19 months old and there was nothing, there was no sort of trauma. You know, it was just, he just all of a sudden got a black eye, which in retrospect, now I know that that's a sign of this particular cancer neuroblastoma was his black eye. And so, yeah, so we never actually went home from that moment. It was like, go to the hospital, get a blood transfusion. You need to go to Oahu tomorrow, but he can't even fly because his platelets are so low. And um, it was just, you're going to meet with the oncologist. I remember looking at my, my husband, the pediatric oncologist. I was like, what is an oncologist? I didn't even know. And he's like, that's a cancer doctor. I was like, what? So it's just, um, yeah, our world was just turned upside down and um, he fought cancer for two and a half years. We started treatment in Hawaii and then his he had a gnarly cancer and a really hard um, prognosis right from the beginning. He had a 30% survival rate for five years. So if anybody has dealt with cancer, then they know that your survival rates are based on five years. So we were like, wait, he has a 30% chance of living for five years through all of this toxic treatment, what? It's such a hard um, reality shake if you've never fought cancer and then it's your baby for five years, what? And so we ended up doing a bunch of research and we found out that uh, Sloan Kettering in New York City specializes in his type of cancer and it was filled with families with neuroblastoma and so we transferred care there and he ended up fighting cancer for two and a half years um, before he lost his life so he was 19 months old when he was diagnosed and he um, he died on March 3rd 2017 a month shy of his fourth birthday so big long hard traumatic cancer fight for our whole family right when someone in your 
family gets cancer, you, you all get cancer. It wasn't just like trucker cancer. Like we, my kids gave up me to be in New York with trucker, you know, um, Joshua came back to Maui to go back to work. And um, yeah, so I, I think the big part of my transformation story um, that I know you talk about on your podcast is, you know, I think after we lost trucker, I want to say it's been, it probably took four years after he passed till I started to even feel like myself again. So there's this weird thing that happens culturally when, when someone dies that there's this expectation and, and I don't even know where it comes from. It's just like, oh, she's grieving. Like there's supposed to be a time that you grieve and then you're just okay. But that's not how death or grief works. <laughs> I will never not miss my baby for the rest of my life. Right. So I think that from the day he, you know, we found a mass in his belly until he passed. And then, and then I started to, you know, step into myself again was like almost six years. It's a really long time to go through trauma and emotions and not feel like yourself. So I think um, what has been really special for me is this last, I want to say, really year of stepping into this place of realizing that um, when you can find purpose in your pain and in your tragedy, then it can be redemptive and there's healing there. So yeah, that was kind of long-winded. <laughs> No, oh, that was perfect. And and I know okay. you're and, and it's still every time I just all that I'm thinking is how? How did you do it? And I know that I've asked you this a million times. Everybody asks you the how because the story is just so incomprehensible for any human to not just what you were saying. Obviously, you had the tremendous loss of your child, but you didn't know that when you first started fighting, and I knew you were fighting with him and you were traveling and you were like, We're gonna make this the exception to the rule. Um, but before that, there was all this other grieving, like from the moment that you went to the hospital, the life as you knew it, which I'm pretty sure that that morning you were like, okay, guys, let's pack up, let's go to serve somewhere. That life was gone. Then a new life started. And I don't know if you realized that in that moment or it was later, but at some point you lost that life. You lost contact with your other children because you literally had to be gone. You, you lost so many things that we, yes. we think that you're only grieving your child but you had to grieve a whole layers of identity. And that's what you then reflected in your book, which I read on a flight, which was a terrible <laughs> idea. I always say, why do I read <laughs> these kind of books when I'm sitting next to someone as I'm sobbing? <laughs> but it was such a good um, reminder of, we all go through pain because the, the most, the, the thing that I really like about your book is that there were other people's stories in it as well, yeah. about different type of loss. And we all go yeah. through that pain. And again, there is not a one, oh, yeah, Olga, this is how we do it. But now that you're helping people through their process, what, what do you want us to know? And from the person that is going through the grieving and from those who want to support them. Yeah, <clears throat> well, that's loaded. That's, there's a lot there. But, you know, the name of my book is Even If. It's a holistic approach to grief and living a life with joy, with loss of having a joy filled life with loss. Sorry, just botched the name of my book, but <laughs> um, a joy filled life with loss. So I think if I can share, 
you know, um, a nugget just about going through through any sort of grief is allow yourself to still feel joy, right? Grief is so complicated. It's a whole animal on its own. And you're right. We did, we were grieving from that day, right? We were like grieving our old life, realizing like our life will never be the same, that this, this is not just us. I mean, we're looking around, we're like, there's a ton of people. There's a ton of kids being diagnosed with cancer every single day, even still, this is a reality of the world that we live in is pediatric cancer. And I just never had any sort of clue. So I think grieving our old life, grieving, you know, missing my kids world, all the, all the grief. But I think, and I have a whole chapter in my book is a part of the grieving process that I hope is encouraging to people is that you can cultivate joy by cultivating gratitude. (laughs) So even when you're going through like the hardest, most craziest time in your life, I believe that you can cultivate joy and that you should, because it's those little moments of joy that will keep you going to the next. And honestly, I think that um, all the grief that happened through our whole process, and let's just call it like six years of, you know, grieving our life and trucker passing and all the things, um, it's a process, you know, it's not like a it's not like a a quick thing. And I think when you're in it, you're just in it. You're not thinking that this is all happening. You're just, you're just making the steps forward that you need to. And I think it's after, and maybe that's why after he passed, because then we weren't traveling and we weren't doing that. It was almost so hard for me. It's in like the, the quiet moments that you can actually process everything that just happened to you. Right. It's like the aftermath that, um, it, the processing is is hard so I think in those moments that's when it's really really important to cultivate joy and sometimes you know some days like after trucker first passed I remember texting some of my friends who lost kids to cancer and I was like how the fuck do you live like this is real right how do you move on like the pain is so deep and um just one foot in front of the next, you know, you have to find those little moments of joy in your life. You just mm. have to. <laughs> and now that you're working with people to go through their own um, process, because I love that you said that we, we very often want the quick fix. They, okay, just shoot me here, right in the arm. And then all the pain mm. will go away. Um, that's called addiction. That's not called processing. Okay. And yeah. how are you now letting people know that you can cultivate the joy because I don't know if this is what um, your women are coming to you for, but I know a lot of my clients for divorce coaching, they are trying to hold these two emotions that are like the excitement, the yes, I'm going to move forward with my life. But at the same time, they have the loss of their identity, sometimes even their children. And they feel guilty whenever they are on the, I'm having joy, I'm enjoying this, then guilt tends to come up. Yeah. Is there a question there? The question is, how do you help them to say, no, damn it. <laughs> and I'm also curious if that's happening with your women or that's just my women and the divorce process. I think that that's just a natural process of change in your life, you know, and you have to come to terms with that, that, you know, whether it's grief of a marriage or grief of a loss and maybe not a child or whatever, is that um, I, I think that guilt is a part of that, but you don't have to sit there. You don't have to keep that. You can acknowledge those emotions. Like I tell people you it's, 
it's human to feel you don't you like even if it's guilt even if it's this like there's all these common emotions that we all experience at some point it's just that you I think we can get to a point where you recognize you know what's healthy for you emotionally and you can dwell on that like cultivating gratitude and cultivating joy and then those other feelings that are hard you know the negativity and the guilt or the you know the what ifs but you read my book I don't live by what ifs not what ifs in the past because they just they're irrelevant and they cause anxiety you know there's no point you can what if your future because I believe I'm a big dreamer and I want people to you know to vision their future but what ifs in the past or what if you know what if I turn left and I hit that person or what if I you know that's just not that's only causing you unnecessary anxiety in my opinion so I think it's important to acknowledge all of the feelings, not pretend that they're not there or try to make them go away. But then it's also important to not sit there with them. And I think that I was saying this with a girlfriend yesterday, that a way to maybe overcome that for some people, and it's been really helpful for me, is I believe in the power of our minds. Our thoughts, what we allow in is so so powerful. So my question to everybody listening is, what are you allowing in? What are you allowing into your thoughts, to your day, to your brain? Who are you following on social media? Are you just waking up in the morning and just scrolling mindlessly through social? Who's making you feel good? Who's inspiring you? Those are the people that you should follow. Those are the people that are going to constantly remind you to not stay in those negative spaces that don't help you move forward as a human, <laughs> right? The, the, the one prerequisite I believe is necessary for change is the understanding and the belief, the true belief of you can change your thoughts, you can create yeah. your thoughts, you can direct your thoughts. Like, don't even talk to me about managing a stress or doing meditation or anything if you don't believe that you have the power to say, yes, I let this in. No, I, I don't let this in. And I know that sometimes our thoughts seem really determined to be like, no, no, but I'm going to wake you up at 3 a.m. just to remind you that we need to stress over this. But even yes. in those situations, one of the things that I do with all my clients is the intentional thought creation process, which is like, what yeah. do you want to think? Not even what do you want to believe? That comes later. A belief is simply a thought that is being repeated consistently to the point where you have found evidence and say, okay, I'm going to believe it. But it start with planting the seed of, I'm going to think this way because our feelings are directly correlated to the thought. We think it's related to the circumstance. It's related to what yeah. we made of that circumstance. Yep. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. Yep. Our, our thoughts are so powerful. So yeah, that's a big thing, you know, and I, I talk about this in my book too, but how would our lives change if every single morning we woke up and instead of just reaching for social and mindlessly scrolling, what if we were just like, wow, I woke up today. Thank you, God. I have one more day. What if we started our day just so grateful that we woke up with, with uh, breath in our lungs? Because you know what? When you go through a loss, like nobody expects to lose their baby. When you go through what something that we went through, the fragility of life is in your face. You can't avoid that. Like anything can happen to anybody at any single time. Any <laughs> so single time. with that perspective, every day is a absolute gift. Now, if you woke up and you were like, wow, today is a gift. 
how do I make the most of it? Does that change the way that you maybe uh, communicate with the people that you love the most or communicate with your clients or communicate with anyone or the way that you treat people at the grocery store or whatever it is, but doesn't it just, it should, I think it should change your whole demeanor. It, it <laughs> definitely Right? Yeah. What yeah. if you knew today was the last day you had to live? Would you live your life different? What if you woke up every day and thought that? Because it could be. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and you were mentioning before that now you're bringing women to Maui to do retreats. Is that happening? Well, this is coming down the pipeline. My vision is, I was saying this to Olga before we hit record, but I actually never wanted to write a book on grief. I was writing in my mind. I was like, okay, I'm going to host these retreats on Maui. And I was, I was writing it in my brain. And I was looking at different venues where I could have this. And I want to, my heart is to help women step in and own their story and, um, and then find purpose in, in helping other people with their story. Because I believe that every single human being has a story to tell that could connect, help them feel connected and help others, right? We're also individually made and we all have these stories and I think they're super powerful. So my vision was, I was going to listen to this. I was going to name the retreats. What if, like, what if you dreamed big for your future? What if you stepped into exactly who you are and owned all your story, your choices, things that have happened to you, all the things, and then you find purpose in that and with helping others. So I'm still going to do this, but it got paused for a minute because as I'm planning all this thing, I just kept feeling this gentle nudge from God like this is so great you want to help women own their stories but how about you start with you and I was like oh 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 that's so hard I was like really like do I have to start with me like duh of course like I should right but in my mind I wrestled with it because I was like I don't want to be known as a grief expert you know, I just don't want to be a grief expert and taking on other people's grief is it's heavy. Grief is heavy. So I just, I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to. And, um, I always tell people because it's real, but when I run, I talk to God, it's like this time that I have where I just pray and, you know, I feel this gentle nudge from him. And, and I think it's just distraction free zone. You know, there's no, there's no phone, there's no kids, there's no, all the things it's just, you know, I just, it's me and the road and God. And so I went for a run one day. And when I came home, I had this whole blog post in my mind, like it just downloaded in my brain on grief. And so I walked in the house and I started writing and the kids were like, mom, 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 mom. And I was like, well, nope, don't talk to me. I got to get this out of my head. I got to get it out of my head. And so I published this blog post like four hours later and I just got the most incredible feedback on it. And I was like, wow, that felt pretty good. And then I was like, all right, God, I'm kind of, I'm listening. Like what it's like, what, what do you got there? And so it was a couple of days later, I went for a run and I was a little more open to the idea about writing about grief. And also anytime I'd ever spoken to anyone about grief, they're like, you need to talk about this more. Like you just have such a different perspective and whatever. And so the next time I went for a run, I felt like this little whisper, like, I know you want to have these retreats called what if, but you're actually going to write a book and it's going to be called even if, and I was like, Oh, goosebumps. I was like, okay, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> <pretty good. laughs> 
it's I believe that there should be a category on Amazon that should be for God's pencils, which I believe is those authors like you and me who never had the intention of being an author. I mean, for goodness sake, on English, it's not even my my language. But somehow God keeps on knocking on our door and saying, just write it down. Okay, I just need a hand to put the pencil to paper. I've got all the words because that's exactly my book was. 2020, couldn't sleep at night, 3 a.m. I will get up and I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to write about divorce. I knew that there were so many people who were like, how am I going to handle this whole stay at home with this partner that I can stand? And I was like, girls, I got Instagram posts until 2019. And then when I finally was done with it, I was like, no, this is not Instagram. This is a book. But I do believe in that, that um, some of us just weren't it wasn't even our message and we didn't choose this like we we're saying at the beginning yeah. I didn't want to become a divorce expert you know I want to become a grief expert but some of us have to stand up process our own pain and then say hey turn around and say I know that you're in pain here is what I what I learned so here's I really some, hope that yeah <laughs> here is some tools <laughs> yeah, here is this, is this is how you do it in the moments of doubt boom in the moments of fear boom because it's true I mean I don't know how you feel, but for me, my divorce would have been a much different story if I had been guided through the pain. I just kept getting lost in the in the sadness, in the shame, in the guilt, in the fears. And nobody was getting me out of it. There was no, I mean, friends, God bless them. They're there, but they don't know how to professionally know. do that. So knowing that there are other people who have walked that path and now literally it's it's in a book, even if. If you're dealing with grief, just go and get it and, and you'll get the downloads that Shona received straight from the source. Well, I wanted to ask you when you were saying about pain and purpose, and I, we didn't plan this question. So forgive me if I'm throwing something unexpected at you, but I know that you'll figure out what your pain was, what was mm. the purpose of your pain. But can I ask you if you know what trackers purpose? purpose for his pain was you know mm. tracker is your son for the people i'm like i'm not reminding you that tracker is your son i'm saying for other people who are like Who's <laughs> um well i i don't and i don't know if there's i don't know if i can say that there's purpose in his pain i mean the hardest thing i can ever imagine living through is watching him suffer um but i can say that God used the suffering of a child to crack open hearts. And he did something with Trucker. He united a community that I, I, I can't even, it, it blows my mind. Just the firefighters that rallied, the people who just fell in love with him and our family and the support that we had was really unparalleled, you know? And I'm, somebody asked me this question the other day, like, why, why do you think it was Trucker? Like kids get cancer every day. And I, I think that I personally think it's because Joshua and I right from the beginning felt compelled to share our story. And this thing happens when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, right? It's really hard to be vulnerable. It wasn't always easy to share. It's really hard to go on the news and cry. Like you can't, it's very hard to talk about your child dying or pediatric cancer without having a lot of different emotions, writing a book, reading a book about it. Right. Um, but this beautiful thing happens when you allow yourself to be vulnerable and you share, it creates a space for other people to be vulnerable too. And I think that by us sharing our family and sharing our story, God 
used him to crack open hearts. Well, not that's not just that he cracked my heart open to a degree mm -hmm. that I mean I'll share with you the changes that I've actually done in my life. Super inspired by Tracker and you and Josh. But I do remember um, it wasn't his pain that moved me. It was, he was the master of cultivating joy. Yeah, he pain. was. Like, I remember him, like when you were saying the story of the white flower, I mm. remember seeing you in Central Park and he was having an ice cream and he was the best freaking ice cream in the world. And he was sewing a little uh, sailboat in the, in the lake. And even in all the pain that he was going through, and he was the one that he was physically going through everything, he was mm. cultivating joy in a way that to me was just like, what a master. He was, to me, he was a little enlightened master, shave head and everything. And um, yeah, I, I know that part of his purpose was that to show us even in the most painful things. And then of course, mm -hmm. to teach his parents, like you beautiful mama and his dad, how to then help us all deal with the grief. So, so inspired by you, your story, Tracker, Josh, and, um, I have a couple more questions before we go. Yeah, Are you ready for them? I'm ready. Bring it. Where do you see the world's next great chapter? The world's next great chapter. Whew. Well, I think, I honestly think the world of self-education right now is just blowing up in the world. I think as more and more people realize like, wow, our life can change any second, you know, post pandemic and how quickly everybody's world's changed and the rules of the world changed. A lot of people switched to online. And so I think this this, this beautiful space of being able to self-educate yourself really in anything that you want. It's we've never been where we're at before now. And I heard this quote yesterday and it said um, in in a world of with all the education, ignorance is a choice. Mm. Like, oh, that is good. It's true. Because what do you want to learn? Right. So I think, you know, I encourage people before, but I would say it again, just, you know, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. What do you want your world to look like moving forward? I know what my world's going to look like moving forward. I have big dreams, right? And you can cultivate your dreams. You can cultivate them. I'm like super obsessed with the word cultivate right now, but <laughs> cultivate dictionary means to make something better, to make something better. Isn't that beautiful? So you can cultivate your dreams. Um, and the, the world is literally your oyster right now because you can learn how to do anything that you want so don't waste your time if you're going to pick up your kids listen to a podcast if you're you know I listen to podcasts when I'm putting on my makeup and I'm doing my hair you know I just don't I don't know if I catch myself if I go to message somebody that's you know a client or a customer I'll I'll and then I start scrolling I'm like ah, I like myself like no put it away <laughs> do not you know you you have to cultivate that um the discipline in your mind because we also live in a world where you can just perpetually be distracted and entertained right but um we have an opportunity growing forward to literally do anything that we want I believe that I don't even think that it's an opportunity. I think that it's becoming so clear that the reason why we have so much information available, literally on our fingertips, like you just have to type something and a whole world opens up, 
it's because of what we are in our collective consciousness. And I think that there's a level of healing that has to happen, that we need to have all that information. We need to have all those teachers and we need to have all those tools. So up until this point in civilization, it was like, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Well, look at all of us. All your teachers are here. We've already walked through the fire, so you don't have to. Or if you walk through the fire, we have eyes on the other side. So I think that it's almost our obligation. And I see it. I see it in the transformation that I've created for myself, that I facilitate for my clients, how it's almost like two parallel worlds. The one that we already had, that we knew it wasn't that great. And the one that we're creating based on all this information that we're able to exchange, like, now I have someone dealing with grief. It's like, hey, Shana, can you please help me out? You yep. can just go online and find your tribe, your people, whatever need you have, it can be yes. fixed right there. It's not just Amazon Prime. It's emotional Amazon Prime for all of us. Yeah, yeah. And then there's that connectedness, right? Like I was saying before, just, um, I don't know if we were recording or not, if it was just you and I talking, but I think at the core of our human existence is we want to feel connection. We want to feel that and it's available. Mm. It's here. Right? here. Just look it up. Google. Um, yeah. and then where do you see your next great chapter? I know that you have beautiful dreams. You're cultivating them. What's happening? Thank you. I see for me coming down the pipeline is a whole bunch of stuff, but immediately I'm going to be doing some nutrition workshops, some life coaching workshops. Um, eventually I want to do in-person retreats on Maui. Um, that was my original thought and it just got paused and now I'm, I'm all over the place. Um, and my, my family's actually starting uh, a business now, really my husband, but, but I feel proud to be a part of it still called cultivating wild and it is um sustainable stewardship of the land sea and soul so big dream there is to do like guided guides and teach people to or guided sorry hunts in the sea and on the land and 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 educate people on how to process and utilize the whole animal, right? With this perspective that the animal is a gift to nourish your family. So we, you know, my 14 year old can go into the gulch by himself with a bow. And he, this happened three weeks ago. He shot a deer, hiked it out himself, processed the whole animal from start to finish. I mean, it's incredible. Like he could survive. If the boat stopped coming and bringing things to Hawaii, our family would be okay. <laughs> so, so that's so bad. Yeah, I thought, damn, Shona, you make us, you're gonna make us move back to Maui. Like that was so cool. That, I mean, 14 years old, and it's true. I saw him with a deer on his back, and I was like, whoa, respect. Yeah, he's a stud. They're they're all total studs. So I think, um, you know, future is you know being some sort of part of that, whether it's you know nutrition for meals or you know, but yeah, so lots of good stuff coming down the pipelines. So for everybody that wants to follow your journey, wants to buy your book, where can we find you? So my book is on Amazon, but I tell everyone, like, as much as I love getting Jeff Bezos richer, I would way prefer if you <laughs> buy my book from me direct. I hand sign every single copy and you can find me at shaunadukes.com. Um, I have a bunch of informational blog posts. I also wrote a blog post on how to help a grieving friend um, that you can sign up for an actually free download of 
that there's an ebook. So shaunadukes.com, it will prompt you. And um, yep, you can buy my book from there or Amazon and on Instagram. I'm really on Facebook. I'm Shauna Dukes, just my name, but I don't Facebook. I, I wish I could just totally phase out of Facebook because it changes so much. I don't even really know what's happening on there, but um, we have a community support group for trucker that's you know it has you know thousands of followers still so um and i know that there's a lot of support that can be given there so i can't totally let go of facebook but on instagram i'm mrs shauna dukes perfect i'll put everything in the show notes thank you so much for sharing your light with us and is there anything else that you want to tell our audience before you go i think just you know if you're in it right now if you're just if you're going through it and it's the hardest of the hard just keep cultivating joy and you do that by finding things to be grateful for they go together gratitude mm -hmm. and joy so you know even if it's something small like electricity like we literally had an island-wide power shortage the other day and I realized how grateful I am for electricity because I use it for everything it was also nice to just have a day where we're like well what do we do now because everything we do is online the kids do school online my whole work is online you know whatever but um so even if it's something small that's my point is like turning on a light switch like I'm grateful that I can turn on a light switch because a lot of people just can't or for running water or maybe it's something big it doesn't have to be small but just something that you're grateful for because those feelings of gratitude will bring you joy and actually just little plug too I put together two journals I put together um, a cultivating gratitude journal it's just a self-guided journal so if you need help like I would recommend you starting your day just by as I said before just thanking God for the gift of one more day and then cultivating gratitude because gratitude mm. will bring joy and I also put together a prayer journal and it's the same thing. It's just kind of a self-guided journal. Like, what are you praying for? Are you reading scripture? What do you feel like God is saying to you? And, and um, that's pretty cool. I heard a lady that I really admire talk once and she was like, this whole talk was like, how do you know that you're hearing the voice of God? The chicken outside, no one knows. But she was like, how do you know that you know that you're hearing from God? And I'm like, yeah, how do you know that you know? And she's like, you don't. <laughs> Like, and that's brilliant but <laughs> she said it's often until not until after that you see what God has done through you that you can go out clearly from God so um I love that because I think that that's it and is that when you hear this little whisper of something that you're like God is that you and then <laughs> it's not really until you step into that that you go okay clearly that was you because there's some really magical beautiful healing things happening yeah until we get god to send us text messages that says it is god on the <laughs> beginning part then yeah we're gonna have to go with our intuition and know that something <laughs> beautiful is in the works yeah and be careful what you pray for because you do really want to you know like i'm pretty sure i always laugh at that because i'm pretty sure like everyone's like oh i want a burning bush in my backyard really do you do you know what god told moses to do in the burning bush like that was gnarly like I don't know if you you know be careful what you ask for because <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 well thank you so much Shona and thank you for creating all this magic to help other people on the journey thank you so much thank you for having me I love you friend I'm proud of you I love everything that you're doing and I love that you're able to just help people on um in this magnitude it's beautiful to watch you we're in a mission to make the world a better place, one happy human at a time. So whatever the pain is, 
we're here. We got you. So thank you so yeah. much, Shona. And for everybody else, I'll see you next week. Aloha. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadal.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.